Hey friends, happy Thursday. Welcome to episode 55. Like that's wild to me that there have been 55 episodes on this podcast. And I thank you for being here, taking your precious time to listen and tune into the show. I'm excited for today's episode. It's a little bit of a different episode than before. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But today is all about seven encouraging Bible verses that I have for you that I'm going to share with you for the mom entrepreneur who is maybe feeling unqualified overwhelmed or discouraged in the midst of her wild, crazy life. You know, she has a husband that she's trying to love intentionally and be present with. And she also has kids that are maybe running around and can't find their shoes to get ready to go to school. Um, Maybe that was just us in our household when we were growing up. Um, And also running this online business as well. Like there's a lot going on. And friend, you may be feeling just unqualified, overwhelmed, and discouraged right now. But I pray that not only this episode, but the living word of God that we're going to read inside of today's episode would fill your heart with encouragement and confidence to keep going forward. So I love you. Let's go ahead and grab your Bible. Let's get to the show. mama. Welcome to Bibles, Babies, and Business. Are you ready to start an online biz, quit your nine to five, and stay home with your kids? Are you up late at night Googling online business ideas, how to market myself, and how to get my first paying client? Do you have lots of ideas, but feel overwhelmed when trying to figure out which ones to focus on so you can move your business forward? Hey there, I'm Cammie. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. A few years ago, I too felt drained by my day job and wished I could find a way to make money online. I wanted time freedom and the financial freedom to be a stay-at-home mom, but imposter syndrome kept creeping in and telling me, you could never make enough money doing that. And what if you do try and you fail? But then I discovered how to build an online coaching business from home. In this podcast, you'll find biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, online marketing tips to help you start and build an online coaching business from home and a whole lot of mom life because we're doing it all with a baby on our hip. So grab your Bible, snuggle your baby, and let's build your business because you were made for this. Okay, so I have to confess when I was preparing for this episode and outlining it, like I was I was struggling a little bit. As you guys know, we are doing a Bible study breakdown series where essentially almost always, you know, there, there may be a little changes here and there with some bonus episodes, but almost every other episode on the Bible's Babies and Business podcast is a Bible study breakdown where you and I take a passage from one of the books of the Bible and we're going through in chronological order. And I take like a little snippet, little, little passage, little, little group of verses, we pull it out and we apply it to your everyday life in your business, your motherhood, your marriage, your faith. And for some reason this week, I was just like struggling a little bit. Um, The book is 2 Samuel. And I was like, God, like, what do you have for me to, to write this podcast episode on? And so I was, you know, skimming through the book of 2 Samuel. I, I was doing some research on it. And um, in the midst of outlining this episode, we were, I was sitting outside 
And uh, you guys know I like to work on my podcast outside. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen a couple Instagram stories lately of me recording outside. Uh, But I was sitting outside. I was working on the research and outlining and doing stuff for this episode. And all of a sudden, one of my dogs named Baker heard some noises from our neighbors and came and walked himself over and plopped himself right down beside me. Now, this may seem insignificant to you, but let me give you just a little bit of a backstory because I believe that this is honestly something that the Lord symbolized to me of the way that he wants us to come to him as Christ and the Lord and Savior of our lives. So to give you a backstory of why I felt this was significant to tell you is because Baker is a rescue dog. He has had a massively like traumatic life experience before he came to join our family. He, um, for, for lack of a better word, uh, he was very broken before he came to live with us. He just, he, life just, just did, was not kind to him before he, he came and, and was rescued and came to live with us. And because of his history, he's incredibly sensitive, like incredibly Things like fireworks, storms, just unfamiliar noises that that may not even be loud and scary, but just he's unfamiliar with those noises. They terrify him. And so it's incredibly common, honestly, on a daily basis for Baker to hear a noise that is unfamiliar to him. He gets spooked. He feels overwhelmed. He feels scared. And he immediately finds me and comes and sits right by me. And as I was struggling to really outline this episode for you guys today, I felt like when that happened, we were sitting outside and and the neighbor was like trimming his yard. Another neighbor was doing something in his yard. And it was a whole bunch of these sounds that were just causing Baker to feel so overwhelmed and and nervous and scared. He, He came and he sat right beside me and he sat down and I just like felt like the Holy Spirit in that moment say right there is a representation of how I want you to come to me every single time that you are feeling unqualified, overwhelmed, and discouraged in your life. The way that Baker runs to you, you are his fortress. You are his solid rock. You are what makes him feel confident, safe, and secure is the same way that I want you to be running to me. And so I feel like that was such a beautiful way to kind of introduce today's episode. That when we are feeling unqualified, overwhelmed by life and our circumstances and discouraged, we can run to the father and he is our solid rock. He is our strong foundation. He is our fortress and he is our confidence. So the passage that I have pulled out for us today, well, let me back up. So the title of this episode is seven verses for encouragement you know, for, for the mother who's feeling unqualified, overwhelmed, and discouraged in her business. So usually, you know, when you see a podcast episode that says seven verses, usually it's somebody picking out seven completely separate passages of scripture throughout the Bible. But actually today's episode, I do have seven verses for you, but they are actually seven verses that are in chronological order inside of the book of Second. Samuel. So I want you to go ahead and pull up your Bible, whether that is um, like a, a handheld Bible, maybe you have it on your phone while you're listening. Go ahead and pull up 2 Samuel. Uh, I'm going to read the passage, these these uh, seven verses for you, and then we're going to break down each verse, verse by verse, 
and really apply it to our daily lives. And what you're going to find is that inside of these seven verses, there is so much encouragement for us to glean from them. So I'm starting in at 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 31. And it says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God is my strong fortress. He makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. So those are the seven verses read just all together. But what I want us to do for really like the majority of the value, the body of this episode is break these things down verse for verse and understand how each of these verses can encourage us in our motherhood, in our marriage, in our business, um, all the things, all the different roles that God has called us to. So starting in at verse 31, the first of the seven passages, it says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. So this one is really straightforward, which, which is what I love about not only this verse, but honestly, all the verses, they're super straightforward. But the encouragement that we can glean from this is that God's way is perfect. And I know that you know that, friend, but when we really sit in that and rest in the fact that the way that God is working things out in your life, in your business, in your marriage, in your motherhood, it is perfect. Even if it's not what you expected, even if his way doesn't align with your timetable, which I, you can't see me, but I'm like raising my hand right there because that's the conviction that I feel on my heart is that I usually feel discouraged when God doesn't do something the way that I think that he should in the time frame in which I think that he should be doing it. That one really gets me and convicts me. Even when life seems off or, or it seems wrong or scary or things just honestly aren't panning out the way you thought or there was an unexpected curveball that was thrown your way. The way that the Lord is leading you is perfect and you can rest in that, even if it is not what you expected. The second part of that verse says, all the Lord's promises prove true. Now for me, I think back to um, a promise that that the Lord has recently given Lucas and I, and I don't want to like divulge into it like quite yet, but essentially um, the Lord spoke to my husband in such a clear and profound way that like it, there was no mistaking it for anything other than the word and the voice of God. Um, he spoke that to us recently and it's something that, Honestly, like Luke and I are holding on to it as a promise from the Lord, but on the same hand, it feels completely like, like, I don't know how this is going to (laughs) happen type of thing. It feels very um, unpractical. It feels illogical. It feels like, okay, God, like if you gave this, this like promise to us, like when is it going to show up? And again, I have to remember that 
The Lord's promises, all of them are going to come true. Even if it seems irrational, even if if the math doesn't add up, even if it doesn't happen on the timetable in which I want it to happen. God's way is perfect and all of the Lord's promises prove true. Okay, so that is just the encouragement in verse number one, friend. We have six more to go and I'm gonna try and keep this under 30 minutes because I know you have a busy day ahead of you. Verse number two, this is the second of the seven verses, but it is it is inside of verse 32 in the chronological passage that we're walking through. So verse 32, it says, for who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock. Now, as humans, it is within our nature to crave stability. Like we want things to be secure. We want them to be predictable. We want them to be solid. That that's just human nature. Um, And we tend to cling to things that seem stable, that we can hold or we can see, or it seems tangible to our brains in hopes of making ourselves feel, again, more secure, stable, and safe. The irony of this is that as Christians, what we cling to being the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, our Heavenly Father, is not someone who we can see. It is not someone that often we hear the audible voice of, although the Lord does and can speak in an audible voice. It's just, it's ironic um, because it goes against our human nature. I'll say it this way. It goes against our flesh to cling to something that cannot be seen. But yet that is exactly what we were called to do. So friend, I want to take this moment to encourage you in knowing that it is okay if you feel like it is not, oh, how do I want to say it? It's not human nature for you to run to the father. God knows that. He knows that that's not our human nature. He created us. He's very well aware of what is and is not in our human nature. However, that's what we're called to do. And and we are called to not divulge into our flesh. So if our flesh wants to run to money for security or or dive ourselves into work or Netflix or, or become obsessive about our workout routine, God knows that that may be our nature, but it glorifies him when we say no to our flesh and instead run to him. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong for you to want to make money or to uh, watch Netflix once in a while or to have a workout routine. Of course not. But what I do want to ask you is make sure that those things are not things that you are running to to try and control your surroundings in order to make you feel more secure, stable, and safe. Because there really is, like this verse says, who but our Lord is a solid rock? It's literally saying, who on earth could be more solid than the Lord? Or what on earth could be more solid than the Lord? And the answer is nothing. If we're wanting true security, true safety, true stability, we have to cling to our Heavenly Father. It's okay that that does not go along with our instincts (laughs) because we're humans, but it's not an excuse to continue running to the things that we think are going to make us feel more stable, like safe, controlled, and secure. We have to deny our flesh and run to the Father instead, very much like the way Baker ran to me today when he heard an unfamiliar sound and it spooked him today in the backyard. So that's passage number two. Passage number three, starting in at verse 33. God is my strong fortress. He makes my way perfect. Now, this one really got me 
it, on the second part of that verse, it said, he makes my way perfect. Well, two verses ago, it said that God's way is perfect. And the reason why this gets me is because one of my biggest fears, and I was actually journaling about this this morning, is that I'm somehow going to mess up God's plan that he has for my life. And at one point, I kind of like merged these two verses together so that it would say God's way is perfect and he makes my way perfect. And this is the encouragement that I want you to glean from this first friend. Three points for you. Number one, you cannot screw up what God has planned. Even in the Bible, like when we see biblical people in the Bible mess up, like for example, King David, which who, by the way, is the person who is speaking and writing these verses that we're reading through right now, King David messed up a lot in his journey to the crown um, and being king over Israel. And even while he still had the crown, he messed up. But still, God's plan was carried out. And God's plan was that Jesus was going to come down the line through David's lineage. Okay, so even though David messed up, he still was the ancestor of the Messiah. So that's point number one. You cannot screw up what God has planned. Point number two, if you seek God first, the rest will follow. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom. And so friend, let's do that practically in our lives. When we wake up in the morning, let's seek first the kingdom before we seek first Instagram or seek first our in our emails or 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 Pinterest or Facebook or the the news even let's seek first the kingdom and really let this sink into the practicality of our daily lives and the last point that i wanted to make from this third verse is god can turn anything around for the good of those who love him romans 8:28 God will work everything out for the good of those who loves who love the Lord. So when this verse says God is my strong fortress and he makes my way perfect, we can completely erase the fear that at least I have, maybe you have, maybe you don't, that somehow we're going to mess up God's plan for our life or or mess up our kids or mess up our marriage or mess up our business. Of course we are humans that have downfalls and, and we sin and we mess up, but God accounted for all of that when he called you to the marriage, when he called you to mother those kids, when he called you to run that business. He knew what mistakes you had already made and what mistakes you were going to make, just like he already knew the mistakes that David was going to make, and yet he still called him to be king. God has accounted for all of your mistakes and all of your sin and has still called you to that marriage, to mother those kids, and to run that business. And his way is perfect. And because his way is perfect, if we submit to him, he will make our way perfect. All right, moving on to the fourth verse of this section. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. Friend, God is going to make you feel confident. That is something that I hear that I, I think that like human beings just hear all the time. I want to feel confident. I want to feel confident in my body. I want to feel confident in, in, in speaking, or I want to feel confident in my business or confident in my marriage or confident in my motherhood, whatever it is. The word confident is used frequently within our human language. It's something that we want, I think, because it also makes us feel secure. 
kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. We want to feel secure. We want to feel safe. God will make you feel confident. And the way that the Lord is, well, through David, is illustrating this is it says he he makes me as sure-footed as a deer. Have you ever seen a deer run along a mountainside, either whether either in person or maybe you can just imagine it or maybe you've seen it in a, in a movie. But if you just have ever seen a deer run, let alone on a mountainside, then you know that when a deer runs, a deer runs confidently, it runs quickly, and it runs without second guessing its footing. The deer knows where to go and where to put their feet. Now, why? Why does the deer, especially on a mountainside of all places where the, the terrain is really rough and it's unsteady, why would David, the Holy Spirit through David, use this as an illustration that the, the deer would be as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights? Why would he use that depiction of a mountain and a deer? Again, the mountain terrain where it's unstable, rocks are falling, it's it's anything but stay safe, and yet the deer is still running confidently. It's because, friend, God wants you to know that no matter how unstable your situation may feel, no matter how much you feel unqualified or overwhelmed or discouraged, he will make you confident and he will enable you to stand on the mountain that he is calling you to. And the only way that you can stand on a mountain is if you first climb the mountain. So we can glean from this passage that if God is going to give us the strength and, and enable us to stand on the mountain, then he is also going to enable us and give us strength for the journey to climb the mountain in the first place. All right, so that is number four. Let's move on to number five. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. Friend, God will equip you for the assignment that he's giving you. And just rest assured that you have more than one assignment in your life. It is an assignment for you to love your husband. I, I like as I'm <laughs> speaking this, I have a picture of Lucas on my desk. I'm like looking at him. It is an assignment for you to love your husband in holy matrimony, to, to love him and to help him and to encourage him and to be patient and kind to him and to be his spouse, his to be his wife and to be his helper. That is your assignment. You are called to that marriage. It is also your assignment to mother those kids. Even when you feel like things are out of control and your house is a mess and the laundry is not done and it's been piled up for the last several days and there's dishes in the sink and it's just feeling like chaos in your home, that is still your assignment. You are still called. And it, you, friend, you are also called to that business. When the Lord placed it on your heart for you to start the coaching business and to use the gifts that he gave you to go out and teach other people for the kingdom of heaven, that is an assignment. So I want you to know that you have more than one assignment in your life. And God will equip you for all of it, but only if you are partnered with him. The reason why I believe so many people feel unqualified or overwhelmed or discouraged when they look at their life and they feel like they have way too much on their plate and, and they feel like they're not living up to the assignment or, or, or to the task that God has given them is because oftentimes people are looking at their own ability and wondering how they are going to make it happen. If you are keeping your focus on you, 
all you're going to see is the reason why you are unqualified to do the thing that God called you to do. If you keep your focus on you, all you're going to see is your, your unqualifications, not your qualifications, your unqualifications. And it's because you're missing the big part of the equation. God isn't asking you to go into battle by yourself. He's not asking you to accomplish the assignment alone. The verse that we just read, it does not say, I will train my own hands for battle and I will strengthen my own arm. It does not say that. He trains my hands. He strengthens my arm. God does the training. God does the equipping and God does the strengthening. If you are looking again at your assignment, wondering how am I going to make this happen? You will never have an answer. You will always come up short. It is only when you partner with the Lord that all of a sudden everything becomes possible. I want to reflect again, because this passage is coming from David, the same David that defeated Goliath with a stone and a sling. Remember that story? Like, like from back in our, our Sunday school days, before David defeated Goliath in battle, he was a shepherd who actually, the scriptures say that David used to fight off lions and bears with nothing but a club in order to protect his sheep. Now you're going to have to go back and read that in the passage. I, I read, reread that today and was like, man, I, I forgot this part. I forgot that like David was actually preparing for the battle with Goliath before he was ever on the battlefield actually with Goliath. Did you catch that? God had prepared David to defeat Goliath in a previous season when David was being faithful as a shepherd and protecting his sheep. What is God asking you to be faithful to in this season that will train you and equip you for how to handle the battle in the next season? When David showed up to defeat Goliath, he was not afraid because he had been prepared for this moment in a previous season. God is going to strengthen you. God is going to train you and he's going to equip you and he will help you accomplish the assignment he has for you. But you have to partner with him in order to do that. You cannot do it in your own strength. Okay, moving on to the sixth verse. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. Now, again, I'm going to go back to that David and Goliath story, being that this verse is actually coming again from David. So David was able to defeat Goliath, like we just mentioned, with a stone and a sling. All the while, Goliath himself was a champion, like a a, a champion, um, fighter, if you will. And Goliath was armed with weapons of war. Like this would be the equivalent of like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Like this is how David showed up a young boy to defeat and fight this massive man who stood over nine feet tall. And yet with the stone and the sling, David won. Now, logistically, this does not add up. And and honestly, kingdom math never does. Was it really the stone and the sling that gave David victory or was it God's power behind the stone and the sling that brought David the victory? Friend, the thing that I want you to be reminded of and encouraged from from this verse is that you are not going to win your battles by approaching them with the same weapons that the world uses to win the battle. 
when you are frustrated with your kids and and maybe you're annoyed with your husband, Netflix is not the thing that's going to help you overcome that battle. Zoning out and just and just avoiding the whole thing or having like the fourth glass of wine at night in order to just numb out, that is not going to help you win the battle. Those are tactics of the world, but they are not holy tactics. They're going to really actually help us win the battle. So we cannot look to the world in order to understand what our weapons should be to approach the fight. David brought a different weapon to the battlefield than Goliath did, a weapon that seemed completely useless against the the weapons that Goliath had, and yet David was the one that walked away with victory. You are not playing by the same rules as the world. Your weapons, when you when you have a challenge in your life, when you have a challenge in your marriage, or with your kids, or with your business, your weapons to fight against that are not going to be the same as the world. Your weapons are going to be prayer, faith, fasting, the word and promises of God, just to name a few. When you show up to the battle that God has for you, you're not going to be armed with the weapons of the world. You're not going to show up to the fight looking like everybody else. And yet God would still give you victory. And lastly, in verse number seven, you have made a wide path for my feet to keep me from slipping. So when you're walking along a path, a narrow path would be very easily, um, easy to fall off of. Okay. So in this passage, when it's saying that God, you're giving me a wide path, essentially what this is saying is God, you are making it easier for me to not fall. And what I want you to glean from this passage, friend, is that when we are obedient to God, even when it's challenging, even when it's hard to be faithful, when we are obedient to the Lord, that is the safest place for us to be and we will not fall. It is when we get sidetracked. It is when we take our eyes off the Lord. It is then that we start to go down our own path and that's when we fall. It's it's similar to the time when Jesus was calling one of his disciples out of the boat to walk on water. When the disciple took his eyes off of Jesus, he started to sink in the water. It is the same concept here. God will make a wide path so that you will not fall, but only if you are keeping your eyes on him. When we are obedient to the Lord, we will not fall. So let that be encouraging to you, friend, that whatever it is that the Lord has called you to do in this season, be obedient to it and know that if you continue to be obedient and faithful, you are not going to fall. You are going to see victory. Friend, I want to close out today's episode with some encouragement, even more encouragement than we've already had. I want you to know that you were made for such a time as this. You were made to love your husband. You were made to raise those kids. You were made to thrive and dominate in your online business. You were made for all of it. Even when you feel unqualified, even when you feel overwhelmed, and even when you feel discouraged, you were still made for it. It doesn't change the fact that you are still anointed. And I want you to be confident in that. God wants you to be confident in the fact that he has called you. He has anointed you. He has chosen you for this work, for this assignment. And if God shows you, then you will see victory. Because like in the first verse that we read today, it says that God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises are true. 
I also want to take this moment to let you know that this is one of the last reminders that there are just a few days left to save your seat for my free Convert More Clients workshop that is happening on Monday, July 18th at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time inside of my Facebook community. This is a one hour live workshop where I'm going to teach you how to sign your next five coaching clients in 60 days or less, even if you don't have countless hours of free time to be working on your business. Because I know that you have other assignments outside of your business. You have a husband, you have potentially another job outside of your business. You have kids that you are called to raise. So I want to show you how to build a business in a time efficient manner that is not stealing time away from your other assignments that you are called to. Friend, this is a completely free one hour workshop. You can go down into the show notes. It is completely free to sign up. It'll take you about 15 seconds to join. It is www.camiwilkie.com slash free workshop. Or if you're like Cami, I do not remember the link that you just read off to me. That's totally fine, friend. Just go down to the show notes, click on the link. It's right there. Put your name in, put your email, put your Instagram handle, and I will see you at the workshop. I love you again. This is one of the last reminders. This is happening on Monday. So be sure to save your seat, get signed up. It will be recorded for those who are unable to join live. However, if you are able to join live, I highly encourage you to so that you can get your questions asked and answered live inside of the workshop. Okay, go sign up. I'll see you on Monday. Talk to you soon. Hi friend, thank you so much for tuning in to the Bibles, Babies, and Business podcast. If you learned something from today's episode or if it blessed you in any way, I would love to know. You can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review and I may just read your review on the show. Thank you again for being here and I pray that God will fill you with peace in your faith, your motherhood, and your business because you were made for this.